Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Maniverse Podcast, episode 183. I am your host, the Hoosier Heavyweight, and we're going to drink some beer. Maybe. You know, beer. Beer is good and stuff. No music. Um, yeah, I think, so. I think something's not plugged in, Christopher. I'm going to make noise with my mouth. <laughs> Check that for me real quick. I think uh, the, uh, one of the HDMI cables probably isn't plugged in. Uh, that's what I'm going with. But uh, anyways, everybody in Facebook land, hopefully everybody is doing uh, great. We are all right ourselves. Uh, I don't know. But we are going to do beer because that's what we do. Beer and stuff. And this starts off with the Pineapple Blueberry Hill series from none other than Southern Greased. And uh, yeah, well, hopefully we're getting audio period. Was the TV down? No. Ah! The TV was not down. Nothing was down. But he, I don't know why it was muted, but we'll continue. So, anyways, let's see. Obviously, it's purple. and uh, It is purple. I need to clean that glass better. Oh, DGN's going to be after you. That is... Good. It's different. Ooh. I don't know. I don't know. That's. I don't know. I do like it, but it is different. Dad, come and sip on the beer and tell us what you think. Yeah. Can you hear us? I can hear you guys. You can hear Volume. me. Volume. Volume's going up. It's a 66. Okay. So I don't know. Regardless, whatever. Nonetheless, nonetheless, it is what it is. Uh, Dad, what do you think of a beer? Not bad. It's different. Yeah. And okay, so this is a fruited sour brewed with lactose, pineapple, and blueberry puree. You do get a ton of blueberry in this. Yeah. Ton of it, more than the pineapple. Oh, yeah. A little bit of sweetness from the pineapple. Yeah. But pineapple's very muted. Ton, 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 ton. Ton, 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 ton. Of everything. It varies. Yeah. Which, hey, you know. Not really that tart for a Hill Series. Mm -hmm. No, no. Uh, and we've got several in there. Yeah. Um, so who knows mm -hmm. uh, what, what that's going to partake of. I don't mm -hmm. know. But um, for some reason. It is refreshing. Mm. Very. All right. So for some odd reason. I don't have uh, music. I don't have music. Don't know why. Try it again. Hit us. See what happens. I will. I'm going to uh, reopen this. Reopen. We'll go uh, from there and hopefully we'll have something. Yes. One can only hope. One can only hope. Have we? Let's see. <laughs> So we do have that. Uh, Chris, without further ado, obviously now we're going to really jump into the show. Now that we fixed it. We've got show notes. Show and, notes. Uh, it comes from none other than Longmont, Colorado, and a well-known brewery, Oscar Blues, uh, is introducing, excuse me, 
their Thick Haze New England style IPA. So, shocker, they're bringing out uh, an IPA. A little late to the game, but hey. Uh, so, it's going to be coming out in their uh, innovative canned craft beers. This Wicked Hazy IPA was developed in Oscar Blues' tap room in Colorado and North Carolina and is now to be ready to be released on shelves nationwide. Thick Haze New England Style IPA is available on draft and in six packs of 12 ounce cans starting uh, this week. So uh, yeah, supposedly they have a ton of hops. It's supposed to be unfiltered and handcrafted. It pours a massive thick fog of hops, Chris. So we'll see. Fog. Uh, Fog of hops. Fog of hops is what it says. That's really so, ground up good. Yeah, it's supposed to have flavors of pineapple, melon, and mango. Okay. Uh, and the big tropical flavors emanate from Galaxy, Cashmere, Calypso, and Eureka hops. So they only one of the Trinity. I say they didn't go with the Holy Trinity of hops. Uh, but Galaxy is a uh, an in and outer kind of yes. like a. Uh, but that Cashmere, Calypso, and Eureka. Uh, Interesting. Might be great. At least the one urethra. This is also true. Uh, also, uh, we have Heavy Seas. No, I don't mean Rough Waters. Uh, this is a brewery out of Baltimore, Maryland. Heavy Seas is excited to announce the release of Jimmy Truffle, a dessert stout brewed in collaboration with Reb's Candies. Inspired by Reb's iconic Jimmy Truffles, uh, gets ready for a luscious chocolate treat of a beer that's perfect for a cool autumn night. And remember, they're canned jimmies. Called jimmies. No, I can go with canned jimmies. They're canned of dicks. Uh, don't ah. you dare call them chocolate sprinkles. This dessert stout will be available in four-pack, 16-ounce cans during curbside can release from October 23rd to the 24th at their Heavy Seas Tap Room. So uh, get you a canned jimmy. You go anywhere else and ask them to put jimmies on your ice cream. Hey, listen, it literally says in the description they use 35 pounds of jimmies. So, Trojan, man. It's a whole lot of wang in your beer. Jimmy hats. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, so much cock. So much cock in this beer. Oh, sorry. Chris, we'll let you have the stone one. Ah, fuck. Out of Escadundo. Escadundo. Colonostomy, California. Stone Brewing welcomes the fall and winter with an imperial mocha stout inspired by an oxen hot chocolate. Harmon Harmoniously <laughs> balanced. It's, a, it's, it's actually a waxican. Harmoniously balanced stone. I'm no fucking. <laughs> It's their, uh, if you wouldn't have literally paused on that, I, I would have had it. Okay. It's their uh, Escove. It's their uh, Imperial Chocolate. It's a hot chocolate stout. They come out with it every year. Mm. Um, it has chocolate, coffee, uh, pasilla peppers, vanilla, vanilla, cinnamon, nutmeg, and cheer. I, I, get, the article, cheer. I get the article with like literally six unpronounceable words in the first two fucking lines. So. <laughs> Uh, set up. Yeah, so this is the uh, same divine recipe they've been using since 2014 when the beer originally came out. They bring it out every year around this time. So uh, it's one of those I usually can get it and I enjoy it. So, uh, you know. Even though it's from Stone. Yes, even though it's from Stone. One of the few things that they've actually done well. And yes, Mikey's Raiders win. Uh, yes, big, how big glorious. Wins. How big, glorious are my Raiders? Big, big our win. Raiders are. 
I mean, and to beat the undefeated Chiefs and mm -hmm. to drop 40 on them. Uh, the reigning champion yeah. Chiefs. Yeah. They they couldn't stop Jacobs. Didn't uh, uh, didn't they say Carr had two 50-yard-plus touchdown passes? Correct. He and threw one to Nelson Aguilar, and then he... Nelson... Okay. And then I, I we got to back up for a second. Oh, the fullback, I think. Nelson Aguilar. This man was notorious in Philadelphia for dropping everything like it was covered in grease. The man went to Oakland. He's not even... He's like number three on the depth chart, I think, and he's just out there making plays. It's amazing. But, uh... Well, yeah, and, so and I'll, I'll say this. So I watched the actual Raiders game, and uh, I was listening to it a portion of the time because I ran to get lunch, and good old Derek Carr threw his first interception of the year. He's thrown 11 touchdowns in one and one interception. That's and it, and it, well, yes, but here's what I'm getting at. So you're like, oh, shit. You know, he throws this interception. They're playing a tight team in the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. You can't give inches on. Mm -hmm. And then the next two possessions – Touchdown bomb, touchdown bomb. He recovered and just took it to him. And, so he was great. And here's another thing: when we, when the Raiders played the Patriots, Patriots beat them. They played well. They had problems because if you look at the game film, Bill Belichick is nothing if not a genius. Derek Carr had been dink and dunking all year long. They double teamed the checkdowns. Double teamed the checkdowns and beat us because Belichick, as much as everyone hates him, is a madman and a genius. Yes, agreed. But so then I'm assuming that's what the Chiefs did. You double team your checkdowns because, you know, Andy Reid kind of watches, he watches some Belichick stuff. <sighs> yeah, right? When he's not fogging up his gigantic <laughs> shield mask. Chris, Jeez. grab us another beer as I get yeah. into Nerdgasm. And we do have some news, Chris. A uh, category titled Marvel Legacy has been dropped now on Disney Plus Interface, collecting all Marvel movies like the X-Men series that don't belong in the MCU. Uh, Disney streaming service Disney Plus has created the new category for a certain type of Marvel film. Usually the shitty ones, to be quite honest. Uh, and I'm a huge Marvel fan, but the uh, first few Marvel films, especially the X-Men, weren't the best. Um, but they're going to have all those on there, so that's kind of uh, good if you want to go back and watch all the different Marvel movies that don't necessarily connect in the MCU. And excuse my Molly erection over this next beer. <sighs> what do we have, Chris? I'll be going to work on the plumber's crack. Yeah. We have vanilla, blackcurrant, boysenberry, truffle, hill. As me, the boysenberry slut, as Watson is, the coconut slut. This is very exciting for me. We shall see. We shall see. But Anywho, anyways, if you are a fan of Marvel movies, and not necessarily the MCU ones, but all of them, and you have a Disney Plus account, or maybe you're looking to get it, there's another reason why, because you're going to have everything now. Disney Plus is worth every penny. Because of, one, it's got every single Star Wars thing out because they own it now, but, I mean... It's it's got any uh, movie you can put on at any time. You're like, what am I gonna watch? I'm just gonna throw Return of the Jedi on and have in the background. It, it it it's just it's really good to have. Let's let's oh ooh mm. 
This is wonderful. Oh my. Sweet. In terms of sour. Mm -hmm. So guys, this is a fruit soured ale. Yeah. Brewed with lactose, vanilla, mm. cocoa nibs, black currant, and boysenberry puree. It mm. comes in at 5.4%. Uh, you could slam this because oh, yeah. um, it's, it's, it, it's thick. It's thicker than a lot of the hills, but it's thick in the right way. Yeah. It coats, and like you said, it goes sweet to tart. Yep. All, oh, that's fantastic. Like I've always said, my... And I, that's the reason I stopped going to IHOP. They stopped carrying boysenberry syrup because boysenberry syrup would make your pancakes literally taste like candy. Really? Oh, yeah. Boysenberry is... Oh. Now, here's some interesting also news out of the comic book world. Uh, in 1989, Batman producer Michael E. Uslan pitched a Luke Cage film. Uh, now, those who know who Luke Cage is... Yes. He had a failed series on Netflix. It didn't do well. The actor was great. The series just was... Yes. It was just so so, uh, but they they struck gold with Daredevil, and then Punisher was so hot. They were like, we can do anything. Yeah. Jessica Jones is just oh so so. Let's do everything, and, and we're then, gonna put Luke Cage, and it's gonna suck. Yeah. And then we're gonna put Iron Fist, and everyone and, will hate us. Yes, exactly. So, uh, anyways, he pitched a Luke Cage film to jumpstart Marvel's cinematic universe, and he pitched it to Universal and Motown Productions. And uh, he shared that he almost made the movie after the success of his and Tim Burton's 1989 Batman film. Uslan revealed his old dream of making Luke Cage film in an interview during a Wizard World panel and reported by MovieWeb. He envisioned the film as a way to jumpstart Marvel MCU with a black superhero lead. Right after our first Batman movie, I optioned the rights for Marvel to Luke Cage, Hero for Hire. This is when Marvel was mired. That, if you guys don't know, they damn near went completely under in the 80s, early 90s. Um, so, I mean, they sold pieces of themselves to everybody. It was bad. Yeah. Uh, oh, some of those movies they made back then, too. Yeah, they were oh, yeah, just garbage. atrocious. Yep. Look it up. It's yes. atrocious. They just signed rights away. Yeah. That was so, Lou Ferrigno time. Yeah. Just well, saying. While hard just to believe saying. now, Marvel then did not have any financial resources to film big blockbusters like Batman or Superman films, which led Uslan to think Power Man would be a great candidate for a way into a larger Marvel world on screen. Um, in the film, Cage would be living in New York City within the late 70s to early 80s, fighting crime on his streets. So they were just stuck to... You know the the comic book version of the character uh, didn't get made obviously, but I think it would have been good because you have to look at like Tim Burton's Batman. Special effects were at a minimum at most because bat nipples. That was that was Joel Schumacher. We're not gonna talk about that. No one. You don't speak of the bat nipples. I mean, pisses me off that Alicia Silverstone didn't have bat nipples, but that's another rant all in itself. Yes. Um, I think that would have actually probably went over pretty well because the fact of you don't have to have a bunch of special effects with him. Knocks over some foam blocks and shit like that. Acts like he gets shot and not shot and stuff like that. Luke Cage is a very, a very easy to make a movie of. Mm -hmm. Unless you want to go well, because he's got impenetrable skin and he's strong. Exactly. It's not like he, he's not flying through the air. He don't have to fly yeah. He ain't got heat ray vision. And but But here's a question. Of that era, so let's just say it was 1991 when this movie comes out, right? Who the hell would have played Luke Cage then? Couldn't have been Eddie Murphy. He ain't big enough. <laughs> I mean, he's 
But at that point in time, he's the most popular black uh, actor. Yes, he was. Uh, Wesley Snipes wasn't even around. No, he'd have been too young. I mean, it's really... Denzel Washington. Yeah, but Denzel's not that big. No, and Luke Cage has got to be a big, big yeah. jet. I mean, The Rock was a baby still, so, uh, yeah. you know... I don't know. These are I, questions. I'd like to know what people think about that one. Yeah, because that, I, I don't know who you would actually have to do that. Morgan Freeman. <laughs> I'm getting ready to see Lou Gossett Jr. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Lou Gossett. <laughs> Luke Iron Eagle Cage. <laughs> that, that could actually work. <laughs> I would love it. All right, Chris. For those of you who don't know who Lou Gossett Jr. is, go watch every one of the 37 Iron Eagles. Everyone. Right He's seen them all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so without further ado, let's jump into the main event. WWE pisses me off, but here we are, main event, where we speak about sports things, and uh, unlike what my good friend Christopher here is doing, dorking around on his phone, I I am adding posts to our craft beer page, so I am going to actually pull up scores, now, uh, 40 to 32, that's the only score I give a rat's ass about, and that's the Las Vegas Raiders defeating the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I will say this. My uh, my Notre Dame Fighting Irish were back. They had been off due to a COVID scare and outbreak. Uh, they were playing Florida State, which we know is uh, down. But without mentioning any names, there's a huge Florida State fan at work. <laughs> and he lost a bet. And he had to put a Notre Dame license plate on the front of his truck, I think, for a week. So it'll be a little painful. Uh, you saw Clemson beat... Are you providing license? No, no, another Notre Dame fan did. <laughs> There's more of us. Uh, Clemson put a whooping on Miami, 42 to 17. But in that, Trevor Lawrence did get dinged up. Ooh, that's uh, cool. He was all right. He walked away from it, but he he got thumped on a little bit. In a more surprising one, number two Alabama barely squeaks out a win against Mississippi, 63 48. Yeah, they let Mississippi drop 48 on them. That is not a normal Bama thing. Uh, so I'm sure Saban no, came off that field and, and started beating motherfuckers with COVID sticks. <laughs> you're sick, you're out. You're sick, you're out. You're sick, you're out. You're sick, you're out. Yeah. Uh, Georgia whoops on uh, poor Tennessee, 44-21. Oklahoma, who's dropped the last two games, Red River rivalry, Texas, Oklahoma, Texas number 22. They're supposed to be back. They lose... In overtime, 53-45. Texas fans were not happy. And last but not least, number eight, North Carolina beat Virginia Tech, 56-45. North Carolina still has a football team? Yeah, sometimes. Wow. Depends on what week it is. Yes. Was not aware. I knew they had a basketball team. I thought they just focused everything on it. Why do all of our faces look really red? I don't know. Might be the tent. Uh, apparently, the... Los Angeles Lakers, if anyone gives a fuck, are about to win the title because they have like a 28-point lead going into the fourth quarter. I don't care. No, I don't either. Now, on to the NFL, something we care about. <sighs> Thursday night. Yes. We oh. had the Tom Brady-led Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the 
We're not even sure. Big who. Dick Nick <laughs> led Chicago Bears. It was an no. ugly game. It was an ugly game, but the Bears come out on top. The club done. Up to four and one and drops the Buccaneers to three and two. And Tom Brady realized how he really doesn't want to see Khalil Mack a lot because Mack got there and sacked him like was in on three or four sacks, like alone. And at one point, there's a great video, go look it up. When Brady go, Brady gets sacked, he flings a fucking lineman off of him, like one-handed, just like, Geet! and launches his big <laughs> bastard. And everybody's like, and that's why we pay that motherfucker $90 million, because he is terrifying. Um, and Brady gets sacked, and he looks and sees it's Mac and rolls his eyes again, because he was just screaming at his offensive line, like, someone, please, Fucking block this maniac, you know. They said Brady was being quite the, the little bitch when it came in the locker room after that game. Yeah, he was he was being a Karen, but they're three and two. Uh, that puts us at four and one, yep. which is uh, good. We still got a lot of things going on. Still, yeah, we've lost people for the year. Like we we lost poor Tariq Cohen, knee injury gone, mm. other things. We're a little banged up. But Jimmy Graham, who we steal away from Seattle. Still away. You had 48 tight ends on offseason. We did. You just decided to keep a, like eight of them. Yeah. But he comes up with a one-handed grab for a touchdown. Yeah, that we was still got it. beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, we had the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers going 4-0 for the first time since. And their young rookie wide receiver out of Notre Dame. Yeah, they beat the Eagles. Who Three are receiving touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. Yes. Not bad, Claypool. I don't know where you were at last year doing that shit for us, but hey. <laughs> and the Eagles dropped to one and three and one because fuck it, there's always going to be a tie. Somewhere. There's there's a bad teams out there. Jets right? and the Cardinals. Yeah. So uh, thirty to ten as the Jets fall zero and five. The Ravens beat the Bengals twenty-seven to three. Fucking Ravens. They let the Bengals score them. It's fucking embarrassing. Yes. Um. Texans beat the Jaguars. Yeah, Texans get their first win since firing their head coach and GM. Yes. Uh, the Panthers defeat the Falcons, who are 0-5. And about to fire their Maddie head coach. Maddie Ice Cold. Yeah, yeah, about to fire their head coach. The Rams defeated the Washington football team. <sighs> but, which is another loss in itself. But, with that being said... You did see Alex Smith come back from injury, for those who don't remember. That's awesome. Two years ago, had his leg broke, spiral fracture. That's the same. Joe Theismann. On the anniversary of Theismann's leg break. Just the yeah. creepiest thing yeah. ever. You don't want to. I guess whoever needs to just kind of, you know, take that note, don't play on the day Joe Theismann. Yeah. No, yeah. Don't, don't be a Washington quarterback on that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he came back and played. Uh, we had the Giants lose Barely to the Cowboys, but the biggest thing that come out of that Dak is out is Dak Prescott broke his ankle, and one of the most horrendous things you'll see. Uh, I've seen the the actual play when he came to, like when he looked over, his foot was laying beside him, and that's that's not good. It's not supposed to do that. The Dolphins throw down 43 points to 17 against the 49ers. We say it every year, right? That one of the teams that comes out of the Super Bowl just fucking tanks. I mean, think about Carolina. All right, that year they played, you had Cam going off, whatever, and then they ran into the stellar defense, the Denver Broncos, who Von Miller just tore them apart, and they went fucking nowhere. Yep. Well, the Broncos didn't either after that because they, 
Elway doesn't know how to draft a quarterback and Manning retired yeah. with his broke neck and all. Jesus Christ. But, you know, uh, the Browns defeat the Colts. Yep, Mayfield is hurt and having to get an x-ray. Mm -hmm. uh, I forget what it says. Uh, rib injury, he'll be fine, pussy. And right now, ongoing, we have a Minnesota lead in the third quarter of 13 to nothing against the Sea Chickens. Yes, <laughs> the fucking Sea Squacks, uh, which is really bad. Uh, Seattle is notoriously horrible at home the last couple years. And then upcoming tomorrow night, you will have Broncos Patriots and Chargers Saints. Let's talk and then about on Tuesday, you'll have Bills and Titans because of... Let's talk about how pissed off I am that I had to change my starting lineup 20 minutes before the fucking game started because the fucking people weren't even in at the point. Yeah, I, I forgot and started Julio Jones who didn't play. Oh, Melvin Gordon was sitting there and I got an alert luckily and I threw James Taylor in for Indy who ended up getting me a touchdown luckily. Alright Chris, beer, ambrosia, hill, it's a thing, who knew? Fuck it, we'll try it. Fuck it, we're doing it live. Fuck it, we're doing it like it. Oh, this doesn't even look. I mean, the color of this is just. Oh. Oh. Okay. It's a weird peach color. Who's, I know it looks golden, but it's honestly it's real peachy looking. Whose fucking brainchild was this anyway? I'm waiting for Luden's cough drop hills. All right, so we had a discussion. What is ambrosia? It is a fruited sour ale brewed with marshmallows, lactose, cherry, pineapple, orange, and coconut. This is based off the, after the punch. Yeah. I can smell the coconut in it, actually. Yes. Taste it, too. Can you? Yes. Oh, Watson will like this. Beverly coconut. We miss you, Evan. I mean, Watson, you need to come back and hang out. With oh, wow. That's a lot of coconut. Yeah. You would love this. That is a gaggle of coconut. I don't even know what you call a grouping of coconuts. A murder of coconuts. A lovely bunch. Deedly dee. Mm -hmm. This has a lovely bunch of coconuts. Deedly dee. Yes. I, I don't know if I like ambrosia, but I know I like a shit ton of coconut in this. And you wouldn't think it would have that much coconut with the color. No. But that's all I taste is coconut. Yeah. I, I just want something else with it. It's yeah. not bad, but that one's not a home run for me on that. Yeah. I, I, you know coconut what? you get on the back end, too. Yeah. Tell you what, I don't know if we're gonna to top the uh, the boysenberry trouble. Yeah, that one's gonna be hard to top. Chris, do you have a scripture for us this week? Why? I didn't have one last week, did I? Well, we didn't do a show last week, I so came, I didn't have one. I came back from my uh, Alabama hog hunt. Oh yeah, bus. we sat up here and drank a couple beers and caught up and said, you know what? We love the fans, but this week they're just gonna get over. So uh, we'll, we'll go into the Alabama hog hunt and uh, Project Shetbox. After your weekly dose of scriptures and rap. And now, the scripture of rap. Today, a reading from the book of Tana. From the chapter, and I always will. Yeah, pawn up. It don't matter. It never did. Two lesbian girls, nah, I'm straight. Do you believe in fucking on the first date? First date? Wait, I need some fucking cake. 
got your girl wetter than a fucking lake. I eat that pussy. Yeah, it's like some steak. Your new friend just like I. Your girl hit me on my celly. She let me put it all in her jelly. I was all up in her belly. I, n I never hit that shit if it's smelly. She want, I be eating like I got a deli. Always solo, no, never had a fucking Shelly. I just pray to God I'm safe at the top. Got my enemies, cause I be making, going on the beat. And that was a reading from the book of Tawn Up. I don't know who Tawn Up is, Chris. I have no idea who it is. I'm sure Watson does. I'm sure Watson's got a Tawn Up playlist. <laughs> yeah. Because for some unknown fucking reason. All right. Matt Watson knows more about beer than we ever do, so we forget that he's still young and listens to absolute weird shit. garbage yes, weird music. music. Garbage most times. Sometimes good. Sometimes Watson will throw us on some, some as the kids would say, fire-ass lit shit. Yes. <laughs> that is what they say, I hear. That's mm. what I hear them Indeed. say. Indeed. Indeed, good sir. So, getting back to it. Uh, the reason why we didn't do a show last week is I had traveled all day and stopped in Nashville and got these beers. Yeah. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, I went down to, it was uh, Demopolis, Alabama, uh, which is a apparently the third largest city in Alabama, and that's really sad because I've never heard of it. It was about the size of Princeton, Indiana, which is where I live, and uh, it's quite small. Is there um, any banjos? We were worried a few times. I'm well, we, at least we were armed. It, it was heavily harmed, heavily armed. Uh, it was another worry. If I got pulled over, how I was going to explain so many fucking firearms. It's Man. a hunting trip. <laughs> I'm going to Alabama. I don't want to get fucked by banjo players. <laughs> That's a legitimate, legitimate concern. And as a, if I was a police officer, I would say, go right ahead. Yeah. Oh, damn it. Delvin Cook's status changed from healthy to questionable. Yeah, fuck me. This just in! <laughs> uh, but, made it down there uh, Wednesday, went hunting uh, late Wednesday night, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, came back Sunday. Had a great time. It was an excellent experience. Uh, Sounds like fun. Cottonwood Outfitters and Hunter was our guide's name. He was the one that set it up down there. Uh, a, a fine young gentleman, a army vet. He took us out and, uh, you know, I didn't get any pigs. Took a shot at a couple that were a good distance away and some on the run. But my buddy Aaron did. Uh, he actually got four hogs. Um, killed a 175-pound boar. Shot it right between the eyes and dropped nice. it. And uh, the other ones, uh, <laughs> the poor guy. So um, Aaron is a big-time uh, bow fisherman, but wow. he's never really hunted. So he's using his buddy's 270 bolt action with yes. a scope. And he'd already taken two hogs, so this is the second night when he's going to kill this smaller one, and he gets a little too close to the scope. And for those of you who don't know what happens, when you get too close to a scope and you fire, you eat the scope in between the eyes, and it busted him open pretty good. So we did some field triage, but the funny thing is, is when that happened, uh, you know, you flinch, right? And he shot the hog in the ass. So it takes off squealing and hollering. And the guy, you know, because like, Aaron's holding his head, he's bleeding. The guy grabs him and goes, give me your pistol. 
Because you can't just let this wounded animal go, you know, it's cruel and inhumane. And it's making a shit ton of noise. Exactly. So, me and my buddy Matt are sitting what in the stand. Making noise. We're sitting in the stand, and we hear the first shot, and we're like, damn, he got another one. And then we hear, bang! Bang, bang! Bang, 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 bang! I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, how many fucking hogs do they got out there? Jesus Christ, they're attacking! Well, it comes to find out, because, uh... If, if y'all don't know, just look it up, YouTube, feral pigs, they're quite large. Feral, 30, Mike Woodard, 30 to 40 feral hogs. Correct. He was asking about it all week long. Did Zach kill 30 to 40 feral hogs? They are a danger to everyone. But they're also uh, armored like fucking tanks. Mm -hmm. And they got these big old shoulder blade plates that... Like, you, you have two options. You either shoot them in the lungs and double lung shot, or you shoot them in the head. Yeah. Because anywhere else, you're not really going to do the vital damage. The ass and, shot just pissed him off. Yeah, exactly. So Hunter had to go after him, and luckily he had a 45. Ah. Uh, uh, but the Lord's round. But he put about eight rounds in him. <laughs> And, well, it uh, wasn't a 1911, obviously, because there have only been seven. Well, no, some carry eight. Uh, it depends on the bag. But uh, but I'll put it this way. Uh, you know, they get back to camp later on. He goes, I don't, I don't think we should butcher this one. I go, probably not a great idea. Uh, no. But in a couple weeks, uh, we will be uh, going down and uh, eating the fine spoils from that hunt. Had a great time. Uh, met some new people that I've sparked up a, a really good relationship already. And it was just fun to get away, get down there, just, you know, it was no TV, no, no, cell, no cell phones, no, no social no, no, media. No, we, we literally <clears throat> sat in a blind or I sat up in a deer blind by myself for hours. And, you know, we were sleeping more or less during the day because we wouldn't come in until three, four in the morning. And then we would eat and go to bed right before, you know, daylight pretty much. And uh, because hogs come out, they're more of a nocturnal animal. Um, they stay down when it's hot. And I'm about to say, you got, you got another thing you had is it was chilly while you guys were down mm -hmm. there too. And they were like staying down because we were, I was talking was, to some people about cold. it. We was all talking about you guys being down there. And with it being so chilly, those hogs were wanting to move like they would have if it had been hot out there. Uh, so I did get an opportunity. Uh, I kicked myself now because Chris, I, I told you, I was like, I'm switching to your 6.5 Creedmoor bolt action rifle, Ruger American. And I decided to leave my scar back. And wouldn't you know it, as soon as we're pulling up to the hide, guy tells us, hog on the feeder. Fuck. Okay. So me and Matt go stocking up. Because it's still, it's dusk. You know, the sun's not down yet. And we can see it. So we're stocking up, trying to move within range. You know, trying not to spook everything else. Because there was deer galore out there. Of course, they're about the size of most average dogs around here. But there were deer nonetheless. Because everything we, dies down there. Yeah. We get to the first blind and we decide to go up in it and try to take a steady shot. And the shot was probably 400 yards. I estimated three. And if I'd have had the scar with my ACOG on there, I'd have been able to more accurately call it out. Uh, but I had the scope. I didn't. My rangefinder was in my backpack because we got out and started moving. I told everybody, I said, drop our gear there. Because we didn't know the distance. He said, hog on the feeder. Well, it wasn't the first feeder. The second feeder. Way the fuck out there. Uh, never saw the hog for the rest of the night. Or anything. Which would have been an easy if you would have been able to know the distance. The 6.5 at 400 would have. Oh, yeah. Well, we shot. And we shot together. 
and we hit underneath him about six inches, watching the dirt kick up and him. Pretty impressive for calling a hundred yards difference. Too. Yeah, yeah. We uh, so we had that, and then uh, the very last night of hunting, we actually hunted from the guide's truck, and me and Matt should have got in the bed of the truck, um, but Hunter wanted this in the cab, and both times that we had shots, it just didn't work out. Uh, so I took the scar back. I was using it, and uh, so I have it out the window, and Matt proceeds to lean out the window right as I fire and catches a face full of muzzle blasts, and you know how that break is on the scar. So he, yeah, he caught that in the face, and, and uh, then I thought I'd hurt him. Uh, so neither one of us made a secondary shot on yeah, one of the pigs. Fuck it, we've already been injured. We're yeah. done. And then the next time they were on the run, as we spotted them and took a couple shots and just couldn't hit them. But uh, it was fun. I'm hoping to go back uh, and do it again next year. So I think we're looking at Oklahoma, and one of the spots we've already looked at is going to be much cheaper. It's a three-day hunt. They can accommodate 14 people with lodging. Hmm. $200 for the hunt, $55 a night for lodging. Really? So, um, and then obviously your license, you got, you know, you got to buy your license down there and that changes, varies from state to state. But uh, it was fun. So next thing up for me, uh, hopefully, uh, I think it's November 14th is when gun season starts. It's two weeks and I'm planning on dropping a couple of does to throw in the freezer. And uh, we'll go there. And you'll be able to use anything you want because it's your land. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, pretty much. What'd you use an RPG? <laughs> Cook Why? Because it's my land. That's not a high-powered rifle. It's high-powered rifle to me. <laughs> no, it's a high-powered grenade launcher. Now fuck off. <laughs> oh, do you, would you like to see how it works? <laughs> get the fucking fuck off. All right, Chris, let's crack this beer. Last one before we end the show. What do we got? Guava Raspberry Hill. Right. I'm, I'm Four Hill Run. Let's see if it's good. And you know what? This isn't even all the hills. There's still a couple hills left up mm -hmm. there. Gotta rinse. So, gotta rinse. I don't even need a rinse. Rinse oh. and repeat. I want the coconut in there. That that is a lot of coconut. That's a lot of coconut. So I want to see how the guava raspberry coconut rolls. Here, pour the water out. <laughs> we got water down for you, no doubt. You're driving. Oh, look at this color. It, it's a thicker. Okay, pink. I'm always a fan of the thicker because that boysenberry was a thicker looking like this. So, as I'm pouring, shall we get into the the newest segment? Project Shitbox. Project Shitbox, the official pace car of the Maniverse podcast. <laughs> Slow and old. Yeah. Yep. Right. What is Project Shitbox, Chris? Um, I'm going to start off with a story. I've shared a story on Facebook. When I was younger, when I was a young warthog, but anyway... Uh, before I had my license, I was 14, 15 years old. Uh, we didn't have a lot of money, but I somehow always scrounged up enough to have subscriptions to two magazines, Hot Rod Magazine and Carcraft Magazine. And if you know cars, you know those two magazines. Mm -hmm. They were the epitome of muscle cars. I had an obsession with muscle cars. For those who don't know what a magazine is, um, <laughs> it is a paper that has pictures in it and articles you used to get them and read them at home or on the shitter before you had a phone. You know how you have subscriptions to uh, emails that they're sent to you with information? These used to come in, uh, what, what would you call it? Uh, Cardboard post-it notes in the magazine. Yes. You picked one up and Paper. shook it. Yeah, shit fell out. Yes, everywhere. Trying to get you to subscribe to other shit. When yep. my subscription one run out, I would know because I just shake the one mm -hmm. and the card for the other one. But anyway, um, 
I learned a lot from just reading those magazines over and over. I had a huge stack of them. I would just read them over and over again. I love muscle cars. Get a little bit older, become a teenager, graduate, realize, shit ain't cheap. No. It ain't, it ain't fucking cheap to build a muscle car. So no. I do something cheaper. Car stereos. I have a car, learned car stereo stuff. I have a couple really good friends. Really helped me out with it. And that's the way it's been through a lot of stuff. Um, got through that. And then another buddy got me into uh, imports. So started building imports. Now, if you ever think about getting an imports, just take the money you think you're going to spend and go find a toilet. And you drop it into the toilet and you flush it because literally every dollar you put into an import, three cents is what you can get back out of it. It's money up a hog's ass. It's exactly what it is. It's like buying a boat. <laughs> a boat. <laughs> yeah. All you're going to do is just fucking throw money yeah. in it. But, uh, or a house. Okay. But, uh, so then after that, I went on a little hiatus of my creative works and until I started finding a Star Wars file. I went through a couple of other projects. I was going to do a, a square body Chevy. And I was going to put air ride on and stuff like that back when I was in the low rider stuff. And I ended up getting rid of all that. Went a little ahead. And then the final first stuff came to start building costumes. But I realized, I hope to God Hunter's never as fat as me, so I can't pass my costumes down to Hunter. So I want something I can pass down to my son. And so I found a 66 Mustang. Now this car does look like it was in a, it was a stunt car and thrown off a cliff. But it was $900. And it has a good, clean title. And I have time. So I'm going to start working on um, both the boys, Devin and Hunter, are both excited. I told Hunter, I said, this will be done before you have your license. You might get to drive it. So that has made him stoked. Um, I've really, Devin has really taken to working on cars and stuff like that. He's done a lot of his own stuff, especially since he's got his own truck. So I've been teaching him a lot. And then Hunter just really hasn't got into it much, but now he is super excited. Um, I'm declaring him my grease gopher, not a grease monkey, my grease gopher, because he is going to be dirty and go get me shit and take all those bolts off, go do that. And hold the flashlight. And cuss him because he's holding the flashlight wrong. I never had anyone to cuss me because I was holding the flashlight wrong. This man did. I have to pass that on to my son. So, for 35 fucking years, and I still can't hold the gun. <laughs> that's right. Hold it in my eyes. Yeah, that's the point, dickhead. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, uh, so yes, it is a 66 Ford Mustang. Honestly, I'm, people have been giving me shit. All the Chevy people, Ford people, you know, they will give each other shit. I am actually a Chevy guy. I would have loved to have a first-generation Camaro as opposed to a first-generation Mustang. But in the condition that I found my Mustang for $900, I would have had to pay $9,000 because people with first-gen Camaros are fucking insane. We looked it up. <laughs> like We've looked it up multiple every, times. There was, there was a, a tree growing out Yes, of there was literally a Camaro sitting on the ground, no wheels, with vegetation growing into it. $8,000, no long $8,500. I know what I got. Yep. So, funny story about my Mustang. Um, guy originally had $1,200 on him. A younger gentleman. Younger than even Watson, I think. So, I send him some messages. I'm like, hey, uh, 
Uh, you got tired? I was like, yeah. I said, what size of motor is that, man? He goes, I'll send you pictures when I get home. Don't you know if it's a six cylinder or a V8? So he sends me pictures. Is this what you're looking for? This kid don't know if it's a V6 or a V8. All right. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. So then a little while later, he goes, hey, a guy said he can give me $800 tomorrow if you're not, if you're not for sure. I said, no, I'm for sure. He said, well, how much can you give me? I said, told the wife, I said, $1,000. He wants any more, um, we're walking. I said, I'll give you 900 He goes, your deal. Listen, when selling something, don't play your cards too low. <laughs> if that guy would have said, hey, that guy said he can bring me $1,000 tomorrow, I would have said, I'd bring you 1100 mm -hmm. and he would have got $200 more. Yes. But don't play your cards too low. I mean, it's, I mean, it's a young kid. He's learning. I understand once I got there and everything. But just when selling stuff like that, just kind of make sure that you, you're... And everything that I've ever bought, someone said, well, someone's coming to look at it. <clears throat> We're all, everyone's on to you. No one's coming to fucking look at it. Yeah, yeah. No. Come on, asshole. It's been on, <laughs> over. if it says over a week ago on Facebook Marketplace, it's no. been there a minute. Yeah. It, all of a sudden, two people didn't show interest in this weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But, surprisingly enough, I was going to run through... Uh, the Mustang, uh, I was really looking at parts and stuff. And, you know, I realized my pipe dream of a Camaro will have to be when I'm old like this guy. But, hey. <laughs> no. But seriously, um, the Camaro, the the price range is just ludicrous on it. Um, finished ones, I haven't seen a finished one for under 28000 And we're not even talking, like, numbers matching type shit. No, no, no. Not even Restro. I mean, just... rest, even a good Restro mod, I could see that much. But... This is just like, oh, I grabbed another engine and put it in there, still carbureted and stuff. Like, um, I've actually just stayed on Marketplace. I started looking stuff up for these. I had six uh, messages of seven different Mustangs between 66 and 68. Um, the first one was originally planned. It was in Ohio. The guy had had a fuel-injected 302 setting out for it. He didn't have the harness or anything, so it had to be switched to carburation, which uh, Holly makes a great uh, throttle body injection. You just drop on the top. My buddy Drew actually just dropped one on his 70-something Corvette, and they're getting it lined out now, and they, it was literally a day-and-a-half job for him to drop it on there. And it's got a learning computer. Um, it learns as you drive. Eventually, after a week or so, it. So I mean, that's cool. It's eight hundred fifty dollars for the kit, but you know, you want to go fuel injected, which a lot of people do anymore. I mean, it is fun. Now, okay, because we got the time. Yes. And you two are gearheads, and I'm not. We are the gearheads. So fuel injected carbureted. For those who don't understand what we're talking about, no one who's been underneath the hood, and since vehicles aren't carbureted anymore, yes, correct. What the fuck are we talking about? Well, the carburetor is a, a, a component that sits on top of the engine. Mm -hmm. It uh, now now you have the what they call a throttle body. Mm -hmm. So basically, it's it they replaced one another, <clears throat> and, and the intake, the throttle body, and the intake are almost one complete unit now. But the carburetor. You got different sizes. You can go two barrels, what they call them. There was even single barrel ones yes. on the six-cylinder engine. You, but or typically you multiple six. Or you could, yeah. You Maybe could do, six single 
barrels yeah, to make a each, barrel. each carburetor. So many different configurations, but you always had to keep them tuned. You always the, had to. The keep gist of it is a carburetor literally has two connections. You have yep. a fuel line in, and you have the throttle cable. Mm -hmm. So you have like when he was so saying that you have a choke, whether it's a manual yes. or a auto, what they call an automatic, which is a spring heated by tent heat. You have your knob which adjusts the fuel flow in. Your throttle is just like your gas pedal. You push it down, the more you push it down, the more gas it pushes in. Mm -hmm. But the adjustment is how much gas is pushed into your intake to push into your engine. Fuel injection comes in, computerized. It tells it how much to. You push it in. You don't have to sit up there and adjust it. It's mm -hmm. electronically controlled. That's why there's computers in cars now. Um, and they're specifically built to help with performance and gas mileage. Right. So before you could have something tuned to rich, which was too much gas going in, which you've smelt older vehicles burning gas, or too lean, you don't have enough. Right. So you're hitting that gas pedal, it's not pushing enough gas if it's too lean. You're, it, it really, really hesitate on you. Yes. Bog, they used to call it. And then if it's too rich, you hit it and all you smell is fuel because it's blowing so much access. Right and that. you're and you're using a shit ton of gas when it's running rich. Mm -hmm. A shit ton more gas. Well there you go, folks. There's your breakdown. Exactly. So um, I actually found uh, back in the sixty-six, my sixty-six has a six cylinder in it, you know, and blah blah blah. I found someone, I'm going to make a road trip to Ohio next week, um, and since the wife is being so fucking great to me over this whole car shit, she likes, she likes muscle cars, she likes the sound. I told her today, I said, I know you're not going to be happy until I fire that thing up and you're boom, 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 outside. But, so, you know, it's about an hour outside of Cincinnati, so uh, we're going to go get that, in, uh, we're going to get an engine. A uh, guy has an 89 Lincoln Town Car with a fuel injected 302 with an automatic overdrive transmission, which was unheard of back in 66. Yeah. And he's going to give me a great deal on the engine, the transmission, all the wiring and the computer. Basically, we'll take it all out and put it into my Mustang. So I will have a Mustang. I will have a vintage car with a late model engine in it because that's what all the Fox body Mustangs and some even the early 90s Mustangs ran. So it's easy to get parts for, it's cheap to get parts for, great to work on. You can, if you don't know how to work on Fords, like, I mean, I don't know how to work on Fords. Nope. Aids a Chevy guy too. Everyone knows someone who's a Ford guy. You can call them, you know, I'm gonna buy the engine, I'm gonna do a gasket overhaul on it, maybe a new timing chain. Just freshen it up a little bit, because it's only got 130,000, it's not like it's got 300,000. But I'm wanting to build Project Shitbox into a daily driver, okay? I'm switching to, it's four lug, I'm gonna go five lug conversion, four wheel disc brakes, fuel injected V8, so I don't have to worry about the tuning of the carburetor and the gas mileage. And, and one thing with that, that will have this 302 is gonna come with, whether it's fuel injected, but there are, in the 80s, there was a fuel injected carburetor Yes, had injectors in the carburetor. Now all your cars and engines are. A lot of them have an individual injector at the cylinder. You can get them that way, or some have the the, the throttle body yep. system. 
so you know it, it's many ways to go yeah and one of the biggest modifications I'm doing which is one of actually the cheapest and the easiest from what I've been reading so the Mustangs you know the iconic first-gen Mustangs you have the iconic small 64 and a half when they first came out there was no 64 Mustang there was 64.5 that was the first Mustang they came out with it had a uh, two, uh, 160 like cubic inch V6, which is a tiny, tiny thing. or what even a V6, it was an inline six. inline six. And they had three different variations of the, th of the, of the six cylinder. And then you had a 289 and a, and I don't even know if they offered two 302s back then. I don't know. Uh, a lot of them were, uh, three speeds too. Yeah. Some were on the column, some were on the floor, mainly right. the floor, but. And then you got to uh, 65 and 66, basically the same vehicle. Uh, everything's inter interchangeable in those two. Same options. You get to 67. 67 introduces, if you don't know much, Nicolas Cage, gone in 60 seconds. Eleanor is a 1967 Ford GT500, which was coveted. Oh, I mean, the GT500s themselves are just magnificent. I mean, they are the most powerful, some of the most powerful production vehicles ever made because the one, the size of the engine versus the body, it was like a, what, a 400 something in a little bitty, I think it was a 390, but I'm well, not a 390. I mean, it was just ridiculous for the size and speed. So you see him driving that car. That's legitimately what that car could do because that's how it was built. That's not upgraded other than the NOS when he hits the go baby yeah. button. But still, the rest of it, that's just a completely restored car. I mean, its those cars were amazing. Um, and then you have the original Gone in 60 Seconds with Steve McQueen. That Steve was McQueen. a Mach 2, wasn't it? No, I think Which, that was a basic basic Mustang like yours with V8 in it. Yeah. I don't think it had anything. I don't think yeah, it had anything let's special. See. Um, I'm going to have to Google Pond, it. Pond Star guy had one built for him by uh, Richard Raleigh, if I'm not mistaken. Of, Oh, really? Gas Monkey, yeah. By Steve McQueen. I, well, I love those shows, too. Like Gas Monkey, I was, or uh, Fast and Loud. Yep. Huge fan of that. Um, but, yeah, this is a four-wheel disc. Uh, I'm really married guy. Couple kids, wife, you know. I want to do a lot of this on a budget. Um, before I got into it, I want to do power steering on it. Those... Your four cylinders came manual steering, manual brakes, which means you had four wheel drum brakes. Now, no, this is not drum lined with Nick Cannon. Um, <clears throat> drum brakes were for some reason a thing. Still not sure why. Maybe because they was cheap and easy to make. But instead of disc like you're used to, they were it's a it's a brake pad inside inside what they call a drum but I don't know that disc brakes was really available back then might have been they I, don't, I don't just don't remember but it, it was cheap and easy to do you know because that was mainly what everything was right so you know putting a disc brake on a vehicle back then was was a really a serious upgrade it was. now it's just an everyday thing a drum brake was basically a huge metal thing that went over your studs 
you had brake pads on the inside when you hit the brakes and expanded out to stop yep. that big stud. Now, not as efficient as a disc brake. Which yeah, is a, I can argue that point, but anyway. Oh, really? I, yeah, I've owned my old 66 GMC truck. I, I could probably argue that point with you on that truck. Because mm -hmm. it could stop you on a dime. Of course, it lights your ass on fire on a dime, too, when it's that. Yeah. <laughs> 350 pushing 350 on a six-cylinder rear end with a three-speed, you know, low gear. Top end was 90 mile an hour, but you had it. Like but you right got, now. yeah, yeah, you had 90 right then. That's like a lot of these people talk about, Devin was talking about one of his buddies was letting him drive his manual. Devin's been learning how to drive a stick shift. He will be one of the youngest people to know how to drive a manual. Probably one of the only in his class, yeah. right? But anyway, on top of that, he said his buddy was like, he had a dump truck. And he was like, he started me out in second. I said, it had a granny low. Granny low. I said, you have drove a granny low. I said, you are definitely a rare one for your yeah. age. Because the granny low will literally pull a house out of the foundation. <laughs> it is That is what that transmission is made for. If you have a three-speed with a granny low, it's a four-speed. But that first gear you don't use unless, hey, guess what? I got something buried 200 yards under the <laughs> ground. I need to hook a chain to it and pull it out. That's when you put it granny low by and it pulls it right out. You're like, all right, I'll put it in a second now. <laughs> Very well. Well, hopefully we'll be able to keep you guys up to date with uh, Operation Shitbox. I've, uh, I've got a run this week of a lot of parts for it, so hopefully I'll come back. And... Yep, so we'll have plenty of stories to tell you. Uh, hopefully Matt will be back in the house next week uh, along with his wonderful woman, and we'll have uh, more beers to try and uh, hopefully keep you all entertained. Thanks as always for tuning in. We'll see you next week. As always, drink craft beer, not crap beer. And Chris, we love you. Love you.